We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Holy crap, do we have a ton to unpack today. Welcome to the KJ Podcast. Coming to you 38 pounds heavier than I did a few days ago on Thanksgiving. My goodness, do our San Francisco 49ers need interior offensive line help? I could provide that. I'm weighing that much after the holiday meals, drinking alcohol, my 10-year high school reunion. Shout out to Chantilly, all the fine people that attended that. If you've been loyally listening to the KJ Podcast the last few months, you know I exclusively talk San Francisco 49ers. That will continue today. Maybe not as much once that season ends coming up here in January. Probably start doing a lot more interviews, but I'm tapped into this fan base. There's a great synergy going on between us. Listen, I'm giving hot takes that you're really not getting elsewhere. Great media coverage of that team, but I've definitely developed a niche market. And let's be completely honest, one of those takes is that the 49ers need to be playing Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been driving that train on Twitter, trying to be Mr. Persuasive, opening up eyeballs. I don't have to do that anymore with my tweets because Jimmy Garoppolo went out there and did it, and you saw it with your eyes. He did what he was doing in New England those first two games against Arizona and Miami, 
and he moved out of the, in and out of the pocket, and he fired a bullet in the end zone for a touchdown. The reason to play Jimmy Garoppolo is not for the excitement factor. It's not because he's better than C.J. Beathard. We kind of knew those things. The reason to play Jimmy Garoppolo is that he's going to get better. He's going to improve. He's going to move around and see NFL settings and see NFL defenses that he needs to see. Right away, I know it's the end of the game. It's garbage time against Seattle. I'm not going to overhype three snaps, but that was the perfect example right there. Tangible, positive football plays that he's going to be able to produce in December. Next week against Chicago, he should be starting. And let's unpack it all. I get the other side of the coin. Look at C.J. Beathard. He got hurt. How can you put Jimmy Garoppolo back there if you think he's the future of the franchise? I'll say this. I'm not sure if you understand football fully because the pocket will look completely different with Jimmy Garoppolo. There'll probably be more shotgun because that's what he's used to and comfortable with. Gives him a lot more room to throw. The O-line isn't very good, but they have had good games, a.k.a. when C.J. Beathard was killing the Giants. They did pretty well against Washington, too. I mean, they've had games, even against the Rams, Brian Hoyer was throwing all over them. This is a O-line that isn't necessarily pathetic. And against a beat-up Chicago team next week, I think they can protect Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's my solution to meet you guys in the middle. If you're really upset about Jimmy G and he could get hurt, and I get that. There's a pocket of the fan base and people in the media who believe that and they're allowed to. What about a compromise? Let's start him this week against Chicago and see how it goes. If he's getting bruised and battered, or C.J. Beathard can't even start this week, you're going to have to play him. And if it goes terribly and Beathard's still available later in the year and you're just uncomfortable with how it went, it's okay. Then don't play him again. You have to start him, though, for a game to see how much better this offense can be for him to visualize concepts and it's not just the practice field because then he's going to carry this over into an offseason, be able to watch himself improve, tweak. I don't care if he throws a bunch of interceptions, guys. I don't care if he looks worse than C.J. Beathard has at times, which he probably won't because we've seen the athleticism. We've seen traits that could make him a top 10 quarterback in the league. But still, if he goes out against Chicago, Jimmy Garoppolo starts, goes 19 of 45 and throws three interceptions and plays terribly, I'm completely fine with that. I want him to be upright too, but I want him to play football and bring that into 2018. I don't know what Kyle's going to say if he does go with C.J. Beathard. And it felt a little weird post-game that he was almost dismissive of Garoppolo's touchdown, that he wasn't, I don't know, overflowing with praise. I get it. This is a very tough, delicate balance here. Uh, you saw why. Look at Eric Reed and Reuben Foster in the locker room. What I said on Twitter, C.J. Beathard is going to win people over in that locker room. And if his skill set is close to Jimmy G, there will be quarterback drama. What we saw in three snaps, it probably is not going to be close. It's going to be clear that Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better quarterback that gives you a better chance to win, that you can build a completely different game plan for throwing all across the field, he's going to not be scared to throw. And that's the problem with C.J. Beathard that we ran into, guys. His processing in the pocket is partly why he was under duress all day. Seattle is one of the best defensive fronts. They barely even blitzed, and they hit the guy nearly 15 times. I want to say close to half of those could have been avoided whether he's 
getting rid of the ball quicker, throwing it out of bounds. Um, this was an issue for him at Iowa. This is not something new, and it's been a weakness for C.J. Beathard that he's almost tough to a fault, that he holds on to the ball too long and tries to find the perfect play and doesn't go with the first option a lot. And you saw that. So I really don't know what Kyle's going to say if he doesn't start Jimmy Garoppolo this week. They almost have to be transparent, like John Lynch has been the whole time. They almost have to say, we don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to play because we're scared of him getting hurt. The playbook isn't an excuse at this point. Kyle can build 20 plays, base concepts for them to run that Jimmy G can go out and fiddle around and execute. He's been there long enough. You know, you've talked about situations where Sam Bradford walked into Minnesota. He's a few years older than Jimmy G. He's well-traveled, but, I mean, he went in there and played well and gave that team a spark. He fizzled out because it's Sam Bradford. But I'm saying the point is I think Jimmy G can handle a smaller game plan, and his presence helps the team more than a full game plan with C.J. Beathard, in my opinion. I just want the 49ers to take as many meaningful things as they can into the offseason. Obviously, everyone's health is plan A, but this is football. You can't be a piece of China and just try and protect everything for health. At some point, you have to play. So if they take two meaningful things away to the offseason, that C.J. Beathard is our backup, and Jimmy G, we are feeling great about giving him a long-term contract. Not even good about it. We won't, this is our guy. We don't want any drama at all. I feel like Jimmy G might be able to make this happen and solve a lot of questions heading into the offseason. A random thought just popped in my mind. Is part of the reason the 49ers aren't playing Jimmy Garoppolo and really don't want to this season so they can drum up trade interest that they might be taking a Darnold, a Rosen, someone in the top five of the draft so they can get more picks and trade down. I think that's trying to reinvent the wheel and that's thinking too much about the draft and you really should be focusing on players on your team and trust your scouting department. But I wouldn't call it crazy if that was part of the discussion going on in Santa Clara with Adam Peters, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they're in a room saying, hey, we really think Jimmy G's good. We, we're not going to listen to any of this pressure and the outside noise. If we continue to play C.J. Beathard and we give Jimmy G a franchise tag, people are going to think we could be in the market for a quarterback. We've hoodwinked teams at the top of the draft before to get extra picks. Um, you know That just popped in my head, but that could be a feasible scenario of why Jimmy G is getting kept off the field. But, again, Kyle's going to have to explain to this fan base because they want him. And like I let off this podcast, it's not about excitement. That's, why, that's not why Jimmy Garoppolo should play. It's about him getting experience. I mean, Lewis Murphy came in there and made a hell of a catch. Jimmy G might be a talent that elevates talent, where George Kittle is making all of a sudden a lot more plays. I want to see that. I really want to see that. And you have Chicago and Houston coming up. Two opponents you should be able to match up and protect the quarterback with. No J.J. Watt. I'm thinking play him those two games. And then you don't like how it went. Doesn't know the offense to your liking. There's confusion or he's getting hit too much. Then shut him down. Say he's got a thumb injury. Keep him out for three weeks. Return C.J. Beathard to finish off against three tougher opponents. Tennessee. Jacksonville, and then the L.A. Rams, who might go to the Super Bowl year one with Sean McVay. Not really, but goddamn.
drink of water. Even to me, if C.J. Beathard doesn't get hurt for those final three snaps, and even himself scores that touchdown, makes that off-schedule play, you know, he rushed the ball a couple of times. They're clearly trying to do things with him that Kyle would normally do with any quarterback. I'm still saying don't waste another game on C.J. Beathard. We need to see things about Jimmy G now. They're, and if they really have talked themselves into they don't, they're just valuing practice too high in my mind. Quarterbacking in the NFL is in a little box and bubble in practice. I've said my only major criticism of Kyle has been he values practice almost too high. That decisions are based more on people, how they're practicing than what's happening in the game. You saw him make that switch to C.J. Beathard in the Washington game. He is capable of changing his mind on something. He's been very stern and maybe dismissive was strong of Garoppolo, but definitely not embracing any of the hype. I, I understand it. He's, he's trying to remain as even-keeled as possible. Kyle does a very good job of keeping that demeanor. But, uh, listen, waiting to play Jimmy Garoppolo till next year is playing scared or either trying to reinvent the wheel with draft issues. Uh, you're running out of excuses not to play Jimmy Garoppolo. There are more cards on my side of the table here where playing him will benefit the entire organization. Uh, anyways, um, there are 52 other players on the football team. They tried their best to contain Russell Wilson. Um, not the best day from the defense. They hung in there as best they could for two and a half quarters. And after a while, when your offense isn't sustaining drives, isn't scoring points, um, Seattle's better. You can beat them all day and get pressure on Russell Wilson. As I've said before, that helps Russell Wilson. You can't sack him. You're playing into his hand, and he's going to tee you up. And he did. Paul Richardson, this is a great receiver for Seattle. Like The 49ers need someone like that. As much as I like Trent Taylor, too, they need a young receiver to come in next year right away and team up with Garcon and be a legit threat for 8 for 80 every week. That just made things easier. I get Akilah Witherspoon's young. The secondary's banged up. Robert Sala is doing his damn best good job with limited tools. But, yeah, the defense, I, I was planning on saying really nice things about them. They got let down. But, again, the offense fed into that. I don't think this is Robert Sala's fault. I really do think this is a beat-up defense who, you know, is still overmatched. They're still figuring themselves out and trying to get more players. Eric Reed has an interception to start the game. Kind of thrown right to him, wasn't any crazy play, but I know they're not high on him. They're probably going to regret letting him go if they're still committed to Jimmy Ward at free safety and Tart at strong. That's, that's not a bad duo, but I, I think Eric Reed is worth four years, $20 million. I don't know what he's going to be asking for, you know, maybe less. He might not want to come back here too. We've talked about that because they made him switch to linebacker and they kind of chose those other two safeties over him. But uh, I, I thought he played a, a game where you're just saying, I, I need him. He's also, like I said, speaking up in the locker room afterwards. Outside of Ruben Foster, you don't have many people doing that for your defense. He is a leader. I had to disagree, though, with Eric Reed. 
I love how he speaks up and he's always himself. I didn't see it as cheering for C.J. Beathard. These fans haven't had anything to cheer for since 2014. What are they supposed to do? Remain silent, I guess, as C.J. Beathard is down. I mean, you're expecting a lot out of fans who paid a lot of money and have seen a losing team for a bunch of years. Criticizing fan behavior is really the last thing a 1 in 10 football team should be doing. There was no malicious intent. Everyone likes C.J. Beathard. This is not a... Oh my God, like, we hate CJ. I mean, he hasn't played very well from time to time, and that was definitely the case against Seattle. He looked completely overmatched, as he should be. He's a third round rookie. He's earned the respect with his toughness. I think a uh, little bit of an overreaction from Eric Reed and Ruben Foster. They're defending Beathard. Hey, we've talked about this. There's going to be Beathard guys in that locker room. This is just how it goes with that position. Um, unless Jimmy G is unbelievable. And let's start that process now. Um, Marquise Goodwin, good to see him bounce back. You know, it's been a tough couple weeks for him. Still, uh, it's not enough at receiver. I, I would think that he might not be on the team next year. We'll see. But I think the receiving core needs a gigantic overhaul. You're completely fine with Pierre being your number two and number one if if he has to. Why not go get a high-flying elite receiver? We've seen Kyle scheme plays for Julio Jones to make him the best receiver in the league. It's too important of a position because you're just going to leave Jimmy Garoppolo sitting back there next year and getting sacked all the time. It's not all on the O-line, and Kyle will say this. Sometimes it's on the quarterback. Sometimes it's on the O-line. Sometimes it's on the receivers. They're not getting open they're not running their routes correctly. They're covered. They're, they're not quick enough. They'll, they'll have to figure that out. But O-line will get overhauled. But I think receiving is actually a bigger deal. Some of these guys, Marquise Goodwin, Aldrick Robinson, they, they bet on. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. Um, it's clearly not enough, and they're going to have to address that. And that's why they might want to trade that pick down to get as many guys as they can in the first round. I'm a fan of taking a blue chipper in the top five, banking on your guys identifying one of the best players in the league and picking a pro bowler there. They don't feel comfortable doing that. Hey, trade down. Don't don't get in a situation where you're drafting someone like Armstead and hopefully Solomon Thomas doesn't fit in that profile too. Like draft someone you really like and if you can figure out to get more value, do that. This needs to be discussed too. You think Jimmy G is going to be happy not getting the start this week? You think that's really going to sit well with him? And he does sit in free agency, and if the 49ers don't want to franchise tag him, and they let that deadline pass, and all of a sudden he is a free agent, they could lose him. They could seriously lose him. And now that's not like a 50-50 chance, but this is not out of the question. And I don't think they'd be that dumb. they definitely tag him, but he's such a commodity that you could have a team like the Browns Team like the Jaguars, anyone desperate for a quarterback, trade you a bunch of picks. I, I hope that's not what they're doing here. I see so much potential in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think 49ers fans now, they've visualized it, <laughs> visualized it in the red and gold at Levi Stadium. You can see good things with this guy in Kyle Shanahan. This looks like it could be a pairing that gets you back in the playoff hunt every year. And guess what? Instead of 1-10 in football... The Niners are 7-4, and four, and we're 
talking about plays during the game, and we're not talking about the roster and how they're planning it. We're just saying, third and seven, did you see that Garoppolo throw to Garcon for the touchdown? Unbelievable pocket awareness. This guy knows when defenders are around him. He learned so much in New England. Um, you're going to have to pay this guy because I, the alternatives are not as good. And so much props for them to getting him in the building. But now I want to see a plan of action executed. I'm not impatient. I'm not impatient. If they, they say they're shutting him down and, and this is CJ's team and, and he's just not going to be ready to execute the offense – it's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt. I will because I believe that Kyle and John Lynch are smart and they'll, there will be a reasoning, obviously. I, I will disagree with it, but, you know, you'll have to live with it, and that's certainly something that can happen. <laughs> Sorry, we keep gravitating back towards Jimmy G. little unorganized, flying all around the place, interviewed with an NFL team, a big media outlet in L.A., has some other stuff cooking in the Midwest, and New York City. So what's next? Jimmy G plays Sunday against the Bears, does well in his hometown. 49ers win the game. They might even win that game if Beathard plays too. The Bears have quit on John Fox. They're they're a dumpster fire. They're a disaster. They're getting brand new everything probably next year. Interesting by Chris Biederman, he tweeted this. Mitchell Trubisky's stats are nearly identical to C.J. Beathard, which says a lot about how well Beathard has played as a rookie, just walking in cold, not even expecting to play this season. Trubisky obviously looks more like Jimmy Garoppolo, is athletic and moves around and has a stronger arm, but uh, the statistics are very similar. Two losing teams. It bodes well for the Niners, for Beathard, as this backup type, where even in a pinch... In a year or two, if a team needs a quarterback late in the year and there's no one good in the free agency, you might be able to get a lot more than you think for C.J. Beathard, like a high-end second-round pick. Teams get desperate and stupid with quarterbacks. So back to the defense, I wanted to give props to Akilah Witherspoon for stepping in there. Thought it was a redshirt year. He's definitely been an upgrade over Rashard Robinson. Had a better beginning of the game than he did end. But... Uh, the more I'm moving along this season, I could be okay with him being the number two next year and either a high-end draft pick on a corner or a high-priced free agent or potentially both because this system relies on corners that much. They're just on islands out there. You're going to have to give them a little bit more help. Reuben Foster flying around. Russell Wilson did deke him a little bit, hit the juke button. R1, L1, but he's still physical. He's out there. Saw he got his foot taped up. I mean, he's he's finishing games. This is the first test for him. Um, Solomon Thomas continues to get in the backfield, continues to whiff. I mean, they've got to figure out some technique to get him finishing because he's, he's getting in the backfield. I mean, it's easy against Seattle. He's He's taking advantage of opponents, and he works hard. You can tell that he's out there. Racing. I mean, Sheldon Day might have had one of the plays of the day. The new D-lineman, they acquired that position group. I mean, they're playing so many different guys there. I mean, what to do about the O-line? I know Trent Brown was out. That kind of threw a wrench in things on the right side of things. I don't think they would ever go um, O-line in the top five just because 
like running backs, Kyle has a history of making O-linemen a little bit better, finding value bargains. But um, it is a problem. It's it's definitely a problem. Lakin Tomlinson, Daniel Kilgore, even Fusco is not having the best second half of the year. You could have a brand-new threesome right there. And Trent Brown, Kyle Shanahan has said he's a rare talent. He's definitely someone I've never coached. He could decide he wants a more athletic, traditional right tackle that he's worked with that, you know, just Trent Brown just physically isn't fast enough. That could be a trade piece where, you know, Trent Brown, a seventh-round pick, could net you maybe a fourth-rounder. He could start at right tackle for most teams in the league and teams who have bad O-line situations. He could potentially start at left. He's got that much ability and, um, you know, more of a power scheme, less of the zone scheme. Ah, yapping away here. I, I hope I convinced you that playing Jimmy G, it's not about excitement. It's about what's best for this football team. And what's best for this football team is for their quarterback to start gaining confidence and heading into September 2018, like, I can beat anyone if we get a better team around me. And I, I just fear that if it's Beathard the rest of the year, or it's just very little of Jimmy G, you know, here and there, drives here and there, he's going to walk in September of 2018 and fall flat on his face or be playing on a franchise tag. You're just not setting him up for success. You're going to get the quarterback in the building and then create difficult scenarios for him. To me, this is the difficult scenario that you want now. Let throw him into the fire now where he doesn't know everything where wins and losses aren't don't matter because they will next year. Wins and losses will matter, and Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be at his best, and him at his best is in playing and not just practicing. Take the protective bubble off him. The O-line won't be as bad behind him. He will find time. He'll make receivers better, or he won't, and he'll throw interceptions and they'll learn a lot on film, and he'll go into the offseason so hungry and motivated to master the system. Um, not to say that he would get complacent, but I don't think he'd be happy not playing this year. I think he's ready. He's waited for his opportunity. There's no way this team has a better chance to win with C.J. Beathard. There's no way that can be the argument. A small game plan with Jimmy G gives you a better chance to win, and that is the crux of how they've been making every decision. This is what's best for our organization. This is what gives us a better chance to win. So if they don't play Jimmy G, they need to come out and say, it's because we're keeping him safe or it's because we're not quite sure his future. And they won't. They've been, quote-unquote, transparent about as much as possible with the Navarro Bowman situation and Vance McDonald earlier and trade rumors that get leaked. And, and John Lynch is cool about this. And whether that behooves them or not will be a different story. But... um. The transparency thing doesn't work if you start lying here and lying to yourself that playing Jimmy G is not the right call because it is. I don't want to be the I told you so guy too. Like I'm not trying to be that asshole at all. I am kind of early and accurate on things. I was kind of writing that way too at KMBR.com. Appreciate that AM radio brand. I think I did some great things there, furthered their website. Further, the Cleveland Browns website did some things there they're still doing. Ah, man, how about the Browns? 0-11. Jeez, I think they're 2-36 since the last time I worked for the organization. Um, tough times up there. And I think there's a separation coming here where 
you're going to see the 49ers potentially win two games in a row if they start Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know people will be pissed about the draft pick, but they'll find, they'll find the right pieces. And fearing the win is not their fear. I know some fans are saying tank mode, three plays was enough. Jimmy G, I get it. He's good. We don't even need to see him anymore. That's all I need to see. That's not enough. I mean, I'm excited about the three-play sample size, too, especially against Seattle, but it's not enough to draw conclusive evidence. It was weird. John Lynch, they cut to him after that touchdown. He wasn't smiling or anything. He was like, oh, crap. We're going to have a harder decision to make here because this is the loudest our fans have been in a long time. No decision is about fans, but there is an inherent amount of pressure that goes in decision-making about winning. And the fans are going to know you're not trying to win if you don't play Jimmy G. All right. Repeating myself a little bit some, but you're amazing for listening to me. KJ Podcast. Shout out to Audio Boom. We are about to hit a monthly total where there's going to be a lot more ads in this. So you guys are going to have to hang with me on that. But your listenership is appreciated. I've like had like a lisp on a couple of these words, and you're still working with me. You're still vibing with me. Um, again, 49ers, if you need me to work out at O-line, I, the 38 pounds, I'm going to try and shed a little bit of that, but I don't know. Looking, looking good as a fat boy right now. All right, guys. Um, there's too much excitement. There will be things that change in the middle of the week. I will be recording again probably on Thursday to discuss what's next with the 49ers. A 1-10 and 10 football team has been exciting to talk about with you all year. Absolutely enjoying it. And uh, KJ Podcast, we're out. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just 6 bucks at OldNavy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.